0: Hey Courtney. Hey Tom. How many toilets do you have in your staircase?
1: Not enough.
0: This is Podstuck. Everyone and welcome to Podstuck. My name is Tom.
1: My name is Courtney.
0: And we are here coming to you live, and by live I do mean a week late. I'll go ahead and apologize up front for that, since last week, or last episode, I made such a big deal about the date that the new episode will be released. I had two big things thrown at me by whoever's up in the clouds. Number one was a newborn in the household. Uh, not mine, but still a lot to deal with. And number two is uh crippling mental illness i think is what it's called so it's just been a bit um but we are here we are back we are rocking this and courtney do you want to say hi to the folks they've missed you so much
1: oh i'm really sure they have i know i missed me
0: yeah you know i mean i could go either way but for the most part yeah Alright, so uh, we are going to go ahead and just kind of hop straight into this where we left off last week. I keep saying last week. We're not doing this weekly yet. And I am so sorry for that. (laughs) I'm going to edit that out, but just so you know, that was fueled 100% by Baja Blast.
1: That's necessary.
0: Alright, so where we left off was right after John entered into Suburb. And Courtney, do you have any thoughts on the game? I want to hear your predictions, your worries, any questions you have at this point
1: well my first um thought about the game was that it's just uh real life um but stupider and it made me it it really just made me mad because i thought it was gonna be like cool i thought this is where like that those trolls were gonna come in um and it's just it's just stupid
0: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just give you a little bit of a letdown. The trolls are still a ways off. Damn it. Um, That being said, you know, there's still plenty of fun to be had here. So we launch SBURB, Suburb. Suburb. I'm going to keep going back and forth, and I'm so sorry, guys. Um, And we see just this fun little loading screen with all these quirky little notes at the bottom. And then we have the first page where we are actually playing Suburb. So you can roll over the uh, interface buttons there, and that's fun and cool, except for the fact that you can't actually click anything. Another so thing really, that
1: made me furious. I was like, ooh, finally. And then I was like, damn it, my buttons aren't working.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, we are like, There are going to be some Flash games farther in where you actually get to play, and like, I love those parts. But right now, this is just for show. And uh, we're about to really kind of dig deep into the grimy, terrible uh, crafting mechanics. So prepare for that. But uh, first off, our first command is TT select magic chest. And so, with that, we are now tentacle therapist and we are in charge. Do you feel that power, Courtney?
1: Oh, I feel that power, Tom.
0: I'm glad. So, we pick up the magic chest. And then there's like another Psylidex uh, card under there. And I don't really get why these are just like hanging around his house, even like before the game started. That's something I've never fully understood. It's just when it's like, you know, ignore the fourth wall kind of things. But there's that. And we zoom out, and as you always do when you are playing Sims or what have you, you just put random shit in random places, and the chest is dropped on the ceiling.
1: That's funny that you mentioned The Sims, because while I was taking notes, I literally wrote, is this just The Sims? And that that was my thought. I was like, "I, I really can't understand this in any other concept except pretending it's The Sims.
0: Yeah, right now it's very much uh, The Sims, and then when we get into the crafting, as someone who has never played more than sixty seconds of Minecraft, I'll say that it crosses over into Minecraft territory. <laughs> we begin this extreme home makeover nonsense edition, and John's just in here, thrilled to death to be having uh, just another Syldex mode to switch between. Which, again, one of those things like, it's just like, how does this apply to real life? We don't know, but damn, if John's not having the time of his life playing with it. So there's a lot of nonsense about moving things back and forth, which really is mostly just hussy like establishing the mechanics of the game, like how there's like a range that um, technical therapists can reach, and that uh, they can't select John because John just abjures the meddlesome cursor. So like it's kind of limiting the rules because otherwise, I guess we could just be like, all right, well why doesn't someone in charge of the game just like pick the car up and like throw it and throw people and things like that so like I guess it's important that these lines are established but at the same time just personally knowing where the story goes I want to get to that faster
1: I want to get to that faster too because I am lost and a little bit I don't know angry
0: yeah uh we definitely get off to a slow start where it's a lot of just establishing things right but like there is a lot to get into for instance uh technical therapist just pops over here and adds on an entire like second room to his room which is the most sims thing i can ever imagine now also it's important to note that just looking at the uh how the times line up here as a technical therapist does this the dad is in the driveway and there's just a giant chunk of add-on attached to the second story of the house and he's just chill with it so like i got to admire that level of casualness with life
1: from what i understand of john's father um he's probably really focused on cake right now and he just cannot be bothered and i appreciate that
0: that sounds very accurate and true to character all right so now just uh checking on to touch base real fast so you know what the words like totem lathe and grist and alchemeter and all that mean right
1: you know tom i uh, i can't really say that i do
0: well, that's fine, because no one else can either. So, that being said, Tentacle Therapist opens the Fernalia registry and deploys the totem lathe, words that I am sure had some meaning to Hussey when he wrote this, but for now,
1: totem lathe, just cause problems. Totem lathe is the only one I can, like...
0: You can piece it together with context clues. Kind of piece Chris. together.
1: The rest, you I'm can, like, like suss that out. You're like, uh, I... I... I I know some of the roots of these words, but when you put them in a sentence, it's just completely beyond my mental capabilities.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and so John's just looking at it, and he's just totally lost his mind, but he thinks it looks neat, and that counts for something.
1: It sure does. And
0: then we look at our grist cache, and we can see basically like our building uh, supplies and how much we have like how much material we have of different things, and right now we don't really know how to pick them up, but we do know that certain objects are freebies because you need them to set up the game, like the totem lathe and things like that. And then John gets really sad because he like loves the idea of moving stuff around. He wants to get in on that action, but he can't because he's just the uh, client and not on the uh, server program, so he's got to retrieve the other box from the car before he can do so. For now, he is entirely at the will of Tentacle Therapist, whose name I keep on almost saying. Then uh, they talk a bit more about their fetch modi, and John's, like, so cool about his, and then apparently Tentacle Therapist just uses a tree, and he says it's awkward, and then she says, no, they are elegant.
1: She's not wrong.
0: It's true. So John stands in the corner, and that's his entire command for this panel on page 155, and I think it's important to examine just because... You know, he's just living that life. He's well, just chilling. He's happy about it, It's too. also
1: important to remind that there there are walls there. We're just not seeing them. He's just face in the corner.
0: That is very true. God, that is true. I hadn't even thought about that. That's beautiful. <laughs> so then Tengo Therapist deploys the Crux Truder in the living room, right in front of the fireplace, and deploys the alchemeter in or on the balcony terrace thing right outside so uh now as uh she does this it makes the floor shake so it's not like these things are just randomly spawning they're definitely spawning like being three dropped. feet above and then just like fall down and settle in so like i could definitely see just like floors giving out here things dying it's not like it's just like materializing in its position it's like materializing with a ways to go
1: just tiny so, earthquakes all over the house. <laughs> and
0: then uh, we like get this idea that uh, there's like punch card-based alchemy in order to craft anything in this game, which is needlessly complicated and also kind of fun.
1: So needlessly complicated. It hurts me inside.
0: <laughs> then John pulls up his dad's PDA, and he looks at Serious Business, a uh, popular social media platform. My favorite and
1: social media platform.
0: Oh, mine as well. On page 158, we get the heart-wrenching tale of a coffee-stained tie and some absolutely ingenious advice thereafter. And possibly the most beautiful part of this is seeing the timestamps on these messages, because within three minutes, uh, all this goes down, where multiple people offer strong counsel, and then the guy decides just to go home for a new tie. Like... It's a world that we don't examine often, but this world of business fathers is a deep and rich one.
1: I don't know. I feel like somehow we we live in that world, and the father is a, a metaphoric representation of all of us. I think so. I like I also so. that his name is uh, PipeFan413. That's just, right. you know, like, imagine right now a chef kissing his fingers. Like, that is...
0: It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It truly is. And then, uh, so John goes ahead and he uh, signs uh, into Pesterchum on, I don't know what that noise is, but something sounds like it's going to blow up in this room. So I guess I got to record faster. (laughs) Uh, So John signs into Pesterchum on his dad's PDA and heads out onto the balcony, tells tentacle therapist that he's messaging her from that. And then she just asks, oh, the one you threw into the yard? And he insists, no, I'm telling you, it jumped out of my psilodex like a frightened weasel. And, you know, he's not wrong. And then a technical therapist tries to administer technical therapy to John, and he is not having it with this discussion of his pent-up frustration with uh, his father. Then they go on and discuss a technical therapist's case of obsessive-compulsive disorder complex, which is both a disorder and a complex, which is complicated. Very. Just another good example of that fun, fun dialogue we get here. Now, uh, John goes on to examine the alchemist in a cautious manner, which does in fact mean just stepping on the middle of it, just to see what happens. Now then he looks over at the telescope, he sees a cool stylized sun, which I'm a big fan of, just like, artistically speaking, you know, it's wibbly, it's wobbly, I like it.
1: It's got all the things you look for in a stylized sun it it truly
0: truly does and also i just realized that this child just looked through a telescope at, the sun.
1: at the sun directly really, like, at the sun he's really like he's hitting all the marks today
0: <laughs> he's just an absolute hero between this and knowing that the red wavy thing on the mailbox means there is mail there i mean he's just like in great form
1: he sure is
0: all right so then uh technical therapist grabs the soiled toilet
1: my and favorite just says, my favorite line
0: it's such a good command, honestly. And it's like, you know, you see the command on the previous page and you click it expecting it to be like turds or things like that. And there's just this nasty cake just chilling on top of the seat. And my you know, favorite like thing. How
1: she, she, she takes the time to message whoops.
0: Yeah, because this isn't just dialogue where she said that. She did it and then it was like, I'm going to say whoops and then I'm not going to give any more detail. I'm going to fill him with fear.
1: Like that's really, that's. That's friendship. That's friendship.
0: That's the meaning of friendship
1: It truly is.
0: Now I love also the fact that by picking up the toilet she also just takes a huge chunk of the floor with her like all the way down to the like the plumbing floor below yeah and then she just drops it in the yard just because you know sometimes you're playing on your slimer swing and you need easy access like oh, yeah. it happens Well it you happens. know
1: well you know us Tom with all the taco bell we consume we need we need a toilet true. at all times and at all places.
0: I'm not going to deny this at all. Um, I'm also not going to get into details, but I am currently drinking a Taco Bell Original Mountain Dew Baja Blast in can form. We all know what that does to
1: your intestinal tract.
0: Yeah, IBS is a blessing and a curse, and by a blessing, I do mean it's two curses.
1: (laughs) By blessing, I also mean a larger curse.
0: (laughs) This episode brought to you by Diarrhea Charmin Ultra.
1: both both things one may be better of a joke than the other but i'm gonna pretend like what i said was good
0: yeah we'll say yours was the better one Thank i you. think since we said it at the same time no one can tell who said what
1: i appreciate it
0: and that's podcasting magic right there so then uh technical therapist is trying to patch it up and instead john just hops down does a superhero landing on top of the washing machine and just sticks his hand up like stop because he's cool So he gets the sledgehammer and a spare card. It's a capsule card. He combines them and makes a strife specibus. You think it's cool that things don't always have to be a federal fucking issue because now he is armed just like that. Yeah, so now he's got two kinds of hammers in his uh, strife specibus and he can switch between them at will. He can only use hammers for combat still, but so far combat isn't something to be worried about.
1: So why doesn't he just go to his kitchen and get like a knife?
0: Uh, because at this point, when he first uh, signed up or set up his uh, Strife Specibus to be hammer kind, he locked himself in with hammers for the remainder of eternity, basically. So he could have so,
1: one million hammers and no knives, yes. but, but it could be as many hammers as he wants.
0: And they could be like super badass hammers too, but it does have Oh, to be like a, a hammer.
1: hammer with like a knife for a handle?
0: That is an ingenious workaround.
1: Okay, I I think I get this now.
0: Awesome. Then the PDA goes off and he's off on his first talk with Garden Gnostic. And what are your thoughts on good old Garden Gnostic?
1: I really feel like Garden Gnostic is a weeaboo. I see. That's my only thought. I see.
0: I will say that uh, she is one of my faves. Like undeniably. So most of the characters are but Gigi is one of the best. And I will say that um also one of the ones that I think reminds me of you the most if I'm being real.
1: See, I'm going to be honest, I feel a little kin with the tentacle therapist. Really? I feel kin.
0: I can see that working out. I feel I like see that.
1: I feel like our interactions are similar where you're doing nonsense and I'm like your concerned parent or like maybe babysitter that's, that's like ah there he goes
0: and so then we go on because uh he just didn't have time for her right now and uh john checks out the crux Truder, which he realizes tentacle therapist just put right in front of the front door classic yeah and then we go up and uh he decides to move the bathtub for reasons unknown and then takes the time to say oh fuck and then takes and-
1: the time to message oh fuck
0: I'm just upset because this poor bathroom has been through so much. And as previously stated, you and I know how sacred a bathroom should be. Oh,
1: we absolutely do.
0: Yeah. Then so John's just playing around with the crux-truder. She's redesigning the house and the connection gets lost. So she just drops the tub on the stairs. And one of my favorite things about this is that John then just accepts it, embraces it. He's like, I'm not gonna let this staircase bathtub go to waste and just hops in.
1: Well, what else would you do?
0: I mean, honestly, it's either you go in the bathtub or you waste your life.
1: That's It's, bas- it's that black and white. You have one option or the other.
0: It truly is. So then um, he's trying to use a sledgehammer, but he's a baby boy and he can't. And so then tentacle therapist uses uh, the game to pick up the hammer for him, which still kind of crosses that valley of like, what is game mechanics and what isn't, you know? Oh, so, so he
1: can, she, she can pick up the hammer but she can't pick up the person
0: yeah and like you know by picking up the hammer she's moving his arms so like if he just like tied himself into something could she just like pick him up and carry him around like Willy wonka's glass elevator style like
1: <laughs> it, it's it's anyone's game at this point
0: it truly is but mostly hers mostly Alright, then this fun blue orb pops out, and it's fun, and there's a timer on the Crux shooter at 4.13 that's counting down, and when asked, Tentacle Therapist says that the uh, GameFAQ walkthroughs don't seem to get past this point. All the walkthroughs are extremely short, and none uh, go on.
1: Yeah, and at this point, I'm starting to connect things, and my note here was, is that a fucking bomb?
0: (laughs) I'm not going to say anything this nonsense is getting pretty intense because now he's got a cruxide dowel and we don't know what it is and uh, this kind of really harkens back to what Hussey said about how like the first half fact one was a tutorial for the comic but the second half which is what we're examining now is a tutorial for Sperb and a lot of these mechanics don't wind up panning out but he really just kind of threw a lot of them at us all at once
1: he sure did throw so much at us
0: Yeah, and then because he picked up uh, the stuff, now it's blocking his PDA in his uh, inventory. And so now, technical therapist can no longer get in touch with him, and he's just on his own once more. And he butchers, yeah. He butchers the uh, Harlequin pretty bad. And then the blue orb starts to follow him, screaming at him in what looks like just various, like, Photoshop texture samples on page 184 and then john's just getting fed up and he says well you are the one with the cursor so just do whatever you think is the right thing to do also fix my bathroom <laughs> so i respect those priorities
1: yeah man's gotta take a shit
0: yeah i mean like you know when he was in the bathtub he just stood there and said you can see me right tell me what is wrong with this picture and i think his his patience is just wearing so thin at this point and i truly cannot fault him for it so then he uh decides just to drop the maimed harlequin into the colonel sprite and see what happens and what does happen is that the colonel sprite has been prototyped with the harlequin doll resulting in this fun ghost clown jester that just kind of follows john around
1: i i thought the harlequins were like kind of whimsical and and a little bit funny at first and now this thing with like the scar on its face yeah and, and this the one levitating hand that is the shit of nightmares
0: Absolutely, and now instead of those textures, it's just screaming various, like, fleur-de-lis at him. Like, we just don't know what's happening anymore, and if I were him, I'd be running.
1: Oh, I wouldn't... There's no way I would just casually go about my business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so now, you know, John says he can't understand this thing's gobbledygook, and that we don't have time for this asinine tomfoolery, and then technical therapist asks if he's talking about this unmitigated poppycock, and then John says that it's extravagant hot wash so after that very quality conversation we're going to move on to using the alchemeter. but first let's take an intermission So we've got a couple emails here in our intermission today. And uh, first off, we want to say thank you to everyone who has been listening, rating, reviewing, emailing, talking about us, all that. We have some phenomenal uh, reviews on iTunes right now that kind of make me cry. Like we literally have 23 ratings, all five stars, and like half a dozen written reviews, which is the coolest thing to me that you guys care so much. You're actually taking the time to say that. So I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who is talking about our show
1: you know i was going to try to say something snarky but uh brain machine broke so i'll just Fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll i will go with a simple thank you and we appreciate it and it's weird to me that other humans are listening to my voice when i'm sitting alone in my right. bedroom and what reading this um thing that i do not understand
0: yeah All right, so our first email comes from Minji Pesterchum. They say, Dear Courtney and Tom, Congrats on beginning Act 1. I've been into Homestuck for about five years now, and though I may have just finished my second reread two weeks ago, I think I'm plenty ready to embark on my third journey through your podcast. I'm here to listen to the next episode you guys put out, and I hope you guys both come to enjoy the experience as much as I did and still do. Oh, God rest your
1: weary soul.
0: Right, that's too much. I mean, I haven't even read it a second time before. So, if, uh, so far, what do you guys think of Act 1? It's probably the slowest out of all of them, but I really think it has its own charm to it. Also, Tentacle Therapist is honestly my favorite character in the entire comic, and I'm excited to see how Courtney reacts to her. What do you guys think of her so far? Best of luck to the both of you, and see you next episode. So, Courtney, what do you think of Act
1: 1? Um, I think Act 1 is funny. Um, I think it's uh, bizarre, and I don't yeah. fully understand it, but I, I feel like I will appreciate it more when i reached the later stages of this comic
0: i'd say so for sure Uh, i agree honestly you know like i do really enjoy it i think it's funny i enjoy how it kind of introduces a lot of things and like having read further in you know like i know what some of these things that are being set up are going to lead to and i think that's really fun to examine it knowing that but at the same time it definitely is a little bit heavy in terms of game mechanics and that sort of thing and then Courtney as far as Tentacle Therapist, we've already established your kinship, but how else do you feel?
1: I love Tentacle Therapist. I think I I think I love the the banter between John and Tentacle Therapist. I love their friendship. I love her like dedication to her aesthetic and Yeah. God, I just like I said, I'm I love them so much.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, very, very much. It really is, like, such a great way that she's written, just the way that, you know, she goes off on these tangents and then feels unappreciated and just moves on with them without getting the kind of response that her high-quality banter deserves.
1: High-quality banter.
0: All right, then our second email comes to us from Can, uh, Con Can. Kanaya, whatever it may be here. Uh, Hi, Tom. I'm really enjoying... Bye, Courtney. This one's just for me. I'm really enjoying how you're giving commentary on Hussey's given thought processes and the impact Homestuck has had on the community, and I'm wondering, since the comic has a history of giving nods to its viewership, if you'll continue adding context to jokes and moments that were a direct response to the fan base. I think that'd be really cool if so. I definitely plan to. I do love the fact this wasn't like something just thrown out into the void. Homestuck was written alongside its community and that's kind of really reflected in a lot of what's in the comic and I definitely think it's cool the way that that is reflected and so I'll definitely be addressing like you know when he's like mocking fan theories or just like taking dumps on people who read the comic and that kind of fun things I will be getting into that absolutely and then Courtney there is something in here for you Given your trepidation with reading Homestuck in the past, I'm curious about what it is that Tom said to get you reading. Do you think it's going to be easier for you to get into the in- Do you think it's going to be easier for you to get into now that the comic is, quote, over?
1: Oh, I 100% feel that it's easier for me to get into because now it's not like, uh... God, how do I describe this? Like, not cultish, but like this weird, like... I don't know, I guess cult-like mentality yeah. surrounding it. And I don't Everyone's fear it as much. Everyone's kind of back
0: down into a cave and instead like, of, like, banding together.
1: Yes, and I don't have to... Because like, I feel like if before I read it and I hated it, like, I would be murdered. Like, yeah. I would wake up in the back of someone's van, like, handcuffed and blindfolded. And Yeah, like,
0: I'd wake up and I'd be dead already. Yes, So, like, like that'd be the worst way to wake up.
1: But, like, that way. Um, yeah. And, like, now, uh, like... I don't know like it it feels less performative like i'm reading it to fit in and more like i'm genuinely reading it because i'm interested to know what it's about
0: you just kind of want to know why what happened happened
1: yeah like i'm just so goddamn curious and like it's one thing that i have managed to avoid like i basically have managed to avoid spoilers of or at least like maybe if i've read spoilers i haven't remembered them where was yeah. like with other things like they're pretty much always spoiled to me if this is one thing that's like was so huge and i never was able to figure out what it was about and that curiosity was enough to make me read it
0: awesome all right that does it for our intermission today if you guys want to have an email read during the intermission or if you have a small business and you're rich and you want to buy ads from us I'm, i'll take your money like Here's the thing is some people get mad when podcasts sell out. And I don't know about you, Courtney, but, like, given the opportunity, I would sell out in a heartbeat.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm selling out yesterday.
0: Like, guys, we are for sale. So let us know. Oh, no, this is we're just going to. If you want to send us an email or anything else, uh, reach us at podstuck at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at podstuck, I believe, or podstuck show. Podstuck. Podstuck show. follow us on there follow us on tumblr at podstuckcast.tumblr.com that's where we are currently um i think at this point we're going to be on most uh podcast streamers but if there's one that we're not on yet feel free to let us know and i will work on that it is uh twitter.com slash podstuck so there's that i'm going to give you another baja blast burp right now and back to the good stuff Uh, So John's got this pre-punched card that he's going to use with the alchemator, but then he gets up there and there's nowhere to actually use the punch card. Colonel Sprite followed you, though, and he's just hanging out pretty much for good at this point. Um, He acquires a Cruxite dowel uh, that has populated the Athenium with one item, a perfectly generic object. More terminology and jargon that really aren't going to wind up, like, doing anything here. Uh, then he snatches up the telescope, but puts in the inventory first, which causes the PDA to jettison into the yard over the neighbor's fence, which essentially cuts him off from all communication with everyone but his floating jester friend. Perfect. So he puts the Cruxite dial on the alchemist's small pedestal, and he can tell that something is happening. And this giant uh, laser knife thing starts to cut out a totem, and uh, you set the alchemist to cast three perfectly generic objects for some reason, expanding, expanding a total of six units of build grist. So even though there's still no meaning behind these words, he's starting to know what words to use. Then he notices something out of the sky, and he switches his fetch modus and uses the telescope to inspect it. And whatever it is, the kernel sprite seems particularly agitated about. Looking up, he sees a nice little shooting star that happens to be shooting straight for him. There's a meteor coming, and it seems to be matching that timer that is now counting down is at just about three minutes.
1: At this point, my thought is, holy fuck, what the hell is going on?
0: Yeah, it seems to be his as well. He's starting to either sweat or cry out of the side of his forehead, it's hard to tell which, but he goes with the natural course of action after such a troubling development, which is to high five the Colonel Sprite, because after all, you figure you've left him hanging long enough. That is one of my favorite things. And another one of those things that I've accidentally uh, brought into my life is just high-fiving people. And if they give me a look, I just say that they've been left hanging. I don't do it often, but sometimes I do. And it's just like, like someone's reaching for something, I high-five them. And this may just be poor social skills in general, but I'm going to blame it on this comic.
1: But shouldn't we associate the two that maybe the reading of this comic... Is the cause of your poor social skills or?
0: You know, I just took a course for five months on developmental psychology. And I really feel like we glossed over the impact that Homestuck specifically has on development. And I think that this is well worth examining. I think you've got a point here.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. Now the next command is John, attempt to ingest a unit of build grist. And it's basically... They're basically just fruit gushers, but, you know, he can't do it even though they strongly resemble rock and blue raspberry gushers.
1: Oh, I would. They're just a I would eat one for sure.
0: I would too, but they are just a game in abstraction not on the physical plane. So then John's dad pulls back in and technical therapist is getting worried and realizes that the PDA is not on him, but she's working on the bathroom, but they're running low on build grist, which again we really don't know at this point what to do about that. All right uh so she repairs the floor in the bathroom even though the amenities are not in place and the dad finds the toilet in the yard and starts to get a little confused which is understandable since his front door is also locked because of the crux i already forgot what it was called big thing big thing as opposed to large thing and long thing which are the other objects we've established so far so john runs into the room finds two uh chums have been pestering him and gets in touch with tentacle therapist first, and she tells him about the or he tells her about the meteor, and she thinks it might have something to do with the game. The, she starts realizing that the walkthroughs vaguely suggest an impending threat before the end, and as if written hastily and with a sense of alarm. She then points out that their dedication to updating the walkthrough under such circumstances is admirable, uh, which he doesn't seem to appreciate, but she sure does, and I think that's important. Then uh, she, you know, continues talking just about this while he's trying to figure out what to do to avoid dying. And she decides that uh, she will write her own walkthrough after they make sure that he dies, of course. Doesn't die. Oh, no. Foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, no, and then uh, Turntech Godhead also gets in touch and talks about how great his gift of that Con Air bunny is. And then he starts freaking out about the media. And then we get into one of my favorite... Um, diatribes that uh, turns that Godhead will get into where he's asking how big the meteor is. And he says, how big is it? Like the size of Texas or just Rhode Island? They're always throwing around these geographical comparisons to give us a sense of scale. Like it really means anything to us. But it's like, it doesn't matter. It's always just like, wow, that's pretty fucking big. Like, Mr. President, there's a meteor coming, sir. Oh yeah? How big is it? it, It's the size of Texas, sir. Oh shit. Or how big is it? It's the size of New York City, sir. Oh shit. Sir, I'm afraid the comet is the size of your mom's dick. Oh snap. Sir, are you familiar with Jupiter? You mean like the planet? Yeah. Well, it's that big, sir. Hmm, that sounds pretty big. I have a question. Is it Jupiter? Yes, sir. Earth is literally under siege by planet fucking Jupiter. Oh shit. Anyway, later. And just that uh, torrential downpour of quality uh, communication to not be replied to at all is a beautiful thing to me.
1: It's amazing.
0: And then, so he realizes he can put the punch card in the totem lathe and starts trying to find the cruxide dowel to uh, use on the lathe. But then the dad's finally gotten in. He's getting trapped by the bathtub, and John's got to find a way around him. Uh technical therapist puts the toilet back on top of the already repaired floor, leaving it like on just a platform of torn up floor material, whatever that may be. The perfect crime.
1: That that just short, sweet sentence really really gets my juices flowing. God, I just love <laughs> tentacle therapist.
0: Honestly. But then, uh, the dad can't get up, and he just shrugs and heads back downstairs, presumably to do some more baking. If only he knew you were hard at work saving his ass. This dad is just such a cold, calculated badass, he does not care about the bathtub in his staircase, and he doesn't want to know why. So he uses the Cruxite dowel on the, uh, totem lathe, activates the lathe, it cuts out this cool little thing that's either a vase or two people looking at each other, you never know. And then um, he takes back to the alchemixer, he says, but then Tentacle Therapist is no longer connected, and the bathtub just crashes on down right in front of the Michael Sarah imposter, and the connection is lost once more. We're down to two minutes on that countdown, and John can't get out of the door because of the bathtub, and then we are introduced to Tentacle Therapist in the flesh. Uh, Courtney, do you want to go ahead and on page 214, if you can, go ahead and read the introduction for Tentacle Therapist?
1: A young lady stands in her bedroom. Due to a violent storm, her house has just lost power, along with her wireless internet connection. This has severed her link to a popular video game she was playing with a young man at a critical moment. That young man is relying on this young lady to reestablish a connection somehow. This young lady named... It's on the tip of your tongue. What was the name of this young lady again?
0: And that name was Flighty Broad... No, I'm sorry. That wasn't it. It was Rose Lalonde. Now, Courtney, we can say the name now. What do you think of Rose Lalonde?
1: I I had a feeling that it was this uh, this young gothic queen, and I was I was correct.
0: I'm proud of you. Now, again, this is one of those things where like, you know, there are some things I remember and some I don't, which like, I remember her fascination with the psychoanalysis and... Also, her fascination slash fetish with occult monsters, and I think that's pretty cool. But I forgot that she's just like a pro knitter, and I think that's a very crucial character trait for her.
1: You know, i i I do feel a, a kinship with her, and I just realized that next to my bed is also some knitting needles and some yarn. Like, oh, she and I we're uh, we're sisters.
0: Yeah now we uh get the concept of a purple package presented to us but we can't see inside because the contents are private and courtney tell me what's inside that package
1: um her meme collection that's all i got that's really all i got this morning
0: (laughs) that's it yeah no that's it uh see i would have gone with i would have gone with a furby but you know that's just me all right then so uh she also hides her journals and such, and then grabs her violin and proves that all these kids are, for some reason just like super pro musicians.
1: you know, I'm really like what a what a haunting refrain like she's really connected to her aesthetic her her gothic it's true leanings, I appreciate it.
0: Then after a quick aside to John, where he gets to uh, say goodbye to his love-lived Tyler, we go back to Rose, who's now working on her capture log system. She works with uh, the tree modus instead of fetch or uh, stack. And it's just more confusion. It's not that important. Then we get a look at the uh, cat mausoleum that uh, her mom made for her dead cat, Jaspers, when she was young. And uh, I love that Rose is convinced it was a spiteful act of irony. Whereas, realistically, I believe that the mom just really wanted to go all out for this. But, uh, yeah, she sees the pausoleum as a spiteful act, which gives a very solid vibe for her character going forward. Then she, uh, grabs her laptop. Ooh, let's see. As well as a grimoire. It's a grimoire for summoning the zoologically dubious, which uh, I think is just further proof that she absolutely runs a witch slash cryptid blog on Tumblr.com. For sure. And then as we get a peek around the house, we see that uh, in the lawn house, wizards are essentially what clowns are to the Egberts. And they're just everywhere with some beautiful artwork, which, frankly, I would love to have in my own house.
1: Oh, yeah. I want that on a t-shirt to wear every day.
0: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, speaking, I want, like, tattoos of those wizard paintings.
1: Oh, hell yeah.
0: Then speaking of things that I would love to have in my own life i would kill for a personal observatory in my house like is that just me
1: oh i want one
0: right like that's like the coolest shit all right uh so then uh, she gets in there she drops all her stuff because she removed the root card from her siladex and she looks in the telescope and finds out that there are just like a ton of meteors coming at the world now So she stacks her laptop on top of the grimoire to achieve maximum elevation. And then I love this picture of her in front of the rain with the grimoire and her laptop lighting her up. It's just such a beautiful image of this child.
1: Not unlike how I'm sitting in front of my laptop now.
0: Oh, I have no doubt. Then we log on to the computer where we see a few beautiful things, such as a desktop photo of a dainty dame with tentacle legs. And she has three separate trash folders labeled detritus, leavings, and scraps. And I love that level of organization. Uh, Yeah, it takes a brave woman to stay calm while her best friend is about to die, while she's just chilling in her private observatory during a cool meteor shower. But she does so. She's totally fine with this, and she stays calm as John's losing his mind over there. So then uh, we run out of Bilgrist, put the tub back. All right, so John takes the totem to removes the uh, perfectly generic object blocks, and then puts in the uh, totem and out pops this weird blue holographic tree and drops him an apple. The uh, Garden of Eden slash Loss of Innocence symbolism there is a little on the nose, but I still appreciate it. And uh, now we're about to take a bite of this apple, and when we do so dad bruce willis and the perfect suburb are all about to be blown to smithereens uh but the good news is this finally gets rid of the evidence of john's urn malfunction and his dad will never know so to quote a very wise woman the perfect crime
1: the perfect crime
0: the perfect crime And then uh, as John takes a bite of the apple, we get this nice little, like, zoom-out shot of the perfect little suburb, indicating how their perfect little life is about to change forever. But not everyone in this suburb had this, this perfect little life, because as you look at this overview of the suburb, you'll notice that a few houses are just surrounded by the other houses and aren't actually facing any streets. They're just houses within backyards in the middle of blocks, like, they don't actually have street access they're just in the middle of everyone else's houses
1: fascinating
0: like i just i would like to really kind of delve into this like uh what's the word i'm looking for public works mishap unless it was intentional in which case i just want to hear more about that motivation but like i just strongly recommend taking a look in here and before it gets to the dramatic close-ups of the dad the slimer shirt the cake all of that i think it's just important to take in the fact that somewhere Someone made a grave mistake drafting up the plans for this division.
1: That's definitely the most important thing we should be talking about on this uh, on this page.
0: I'd say so. And then we get our curtains and scene and end of Act 1. All right, Courtney, what are your overarching thoughts for the entirety of Act 1?
1: My thought is... What? And none of this makes sense, and none of this... Is what I imagined was gonna happen I have no concept of wh- of wh- of what this comic is like I-, I literally thought I knew and all of that is out the window I'm so confused I I'm yeah. lost I'm baffled I'm at a loss of words I don't <laughs> know how you can move on from this point when literally everything has been destroyed and, and yeah. it, ar- it already wasn't going in the direction that I thought and now I'm even more lost
0: yeah, no, it's gonna be fun moving forward. Now, uh, before we get into Act Two uh, on our next episode, we will be digging into this little like brief, brief, brief little intermission here, um, uh, but we'll be saving that for the next episode as well. So, Courtney, do you have anything you would like to say before we wrap this bad boy up?
1: Uh, mostly just uh, what the fuck.
0: You broke up pretty bad there, but I'm gonna assume you said mostly what the fuck
1: that's exactly what I said.
0: Beautiful. All right, cool. Um, Yeah, so just once again, thank you all so much for the support, for the reviews, the emails, everything. I'm so sorry that uh, this episode got out a week late, but we are working on a couple things with schedules to make sure that it doesn't happen again in the future going forward. I appreciate the understanding and patience. Thank you all so much for listening. If you like this, rate us on itunes give us a review follow us on twitter and tumblr send in an email so we can talk about what you have to say on our next episode send us money we have paypals we're open to literally anything
1: send us your first and second born children we will not turn them down
0: I, i don't even care like i will just take the child like i'm not gonna like you know like spoil anything and tell you like what the plans are but okay this is I keep taking this too far. We keep getting a
1: little too close to human human trafficking.
0: I think so. And that's been a problem for years for me is just kind of towing that line and going a bit too far. So I think I'm going to work on cutting back on that. Right. I don't think we're talking about Homestuck anymore. So I think we ought to head out.
1: I think that's probably for the best.
0: All right, guys. Once again, my name has been Tom.
1: And my name has been and will continue to be Courtney.
0: And we'll see who I wind up being on the next episode. But for now, this is Podstuck. Thank you guys so much. And bye.
1: Goodbye.